Welcome back to the Scare Value Podcast. Last week I said that uh, if you were hearing this, and it was a Friday the 13th Part 5 watch-along, that something went wrong. But if Martha was here, something went right. Turns out we lied. <laughs> something went wrong, and Martha's not here, and you're not hearing the Friday the 13th Part 5 watch-along. That's a no double whammy? Trip oh, too far away? There we go, that's better. All right, I'm in. All right, so it's us with no Martha. No monster, yep. no nothing. And we're over th- three. Good news, <gasps> like like Jesus, Michael Bay's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We are out of the shadows and in the living room. No basement for us today. We are in the living room it's because we're going to cool. record a watch along after this. Maybe don't Un- trust anything we say in advance at this point in time. Undetermined of what we get so far, but uh, I want to dive right into our correction and apology because this one's jumping good, right in. This one's a good. All one. right. I still don't believe we've done anything wrong ever. At least me. I know you fuck up a lot. This one was a combined effort. Last week, we you were trying to name Zeldas for some reason. Oh, I remembered one. My grandma had a cat named Zelda. I can't disprove that. That's right. It's true. Um, Ask anyone. And you said Zelda Fitzgerald. Which <laughs> I, I, said I did sound, say Zelda Fitzgerald. Said it sounds real. I oh, don't know that it is. I, I think I knew it was wrong the minute I said it, but, you know. It, it was right. I uh, I know. F. Scott Fitzgerald's actual wife was Zelda Fitzgerald. I did know that. It See? is, in fact, not a character in The Great Gatsby. But F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote The Great Gatsby. Yes. Do you know that we never put that together in in, in our... I, I even though we got The Great Gatsby, we never mentioned F. Scott Fitzgerald. Nope. Um, I assumed that that was a character in his book, so I, I, I fundamentally knew he wrote it. Uh, it's not. A character's based on her, but it's not called Zelda. But this is this is the tip of the iceberg on this one. Um, so so far I've been right. Okay. Well, here here we go. Uh, oh, let's get another one out of the way. I, I said I wonder if Samantha Morton played her. Samantha Morton's not in that movie. Carrie Mulligan's in that movie. I don't even remember who Samantha Morton is. Yeah, uh, it's a poor poor man's Carrie Mulligan. Okay. Um, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, I said in order to get you to guess the Great Gatsby because I couldn't think of the title. Who was the best of times? It was the worst of times. That's a tale of two cities by Charles Dickens. Well, what did what did we say? You said, yeah, Great Gatsby. You went, you moved right from my clue into Great Gatsby without missing a beat. <laughs> All right, I don't remember high school so well. It's it's been a minute, and uh, I was close. If we were playing some kind of a, a game, you know, parlor game, it would have worked because we got to the answer. But that is not who wrote it. That is not the same book. That is... But fundamentally, my, I was right. My understanding of books, that's correct. I feel like that's how I've gotten through most of my life is, I'll get there. Not not any logical way, but I'll get there in the end. When I have to listen back to these to make sure they work, that's where I find the corrections and apologies. This one, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, we're so dumb. But we got there. We, but that's what makes it dumb, is that our combined dumbness of me quoting the wrong book and you getting it as the right book is its our finest hour. So it's not so much a correction as a celebration of my genius. Yeah. So Zelda Fitzgerald was real. So was my grandma's cat. Uh, you know. So was Robin Williams' daughter. Tune in next week to see if that's real. Uh, let's get to our, our favorite feature. I don't know how to hit the button. You listen to me. You're Nick fucking... Whoa, Cage! 
Time for a Nick Cage update. For a real quick second, I got super excited because I thought it was a different intro for Nick Cage. I was like, ooh. That would, that would require me doing something I'm not going to do. That would blow my mind. Uh, Pete, if I told you that Nicolas Cage had signed on to do a sequel to a movie, what movie would you like it to be? Oh, boy. Any one of them. You know what? Willy's Wonderland would be a fun. Willy's Wonderland, too. Well, Five Nights at Freddy's is coming out later. He's not in it. It's, it's basically I, never, I don't know. that It's a video game is all I know. You saw Willy's Wonderland? Yes. It's exactly that. It's ripping off a video game called Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, okay. Uh, then I'll probably like that. Animatronic things, try to kill. Has Matthew Lillard in it. I like me a good Matthew Lillard. Did you ever watch, I think it was like a Dungeon Tale, um, no. a Dungeon Siege Sale? I don't know how many times we got to do this. If there's dragons in it, keep it away from me. Well, everyone um, everyone in that movie spoke with the accent of their country of origin. Like, you got, uh, who was the guy I, with the mustache? Ronald Reagan. Bert? He, Norm Macdonald, played him on Jeopardy. Burt Reynolds? Yes, Burt Reynolds is there. Is Jason Statham in this? He was. He had a British accent. Um, John Rice Davies was in it. He kept his accent. So, And then Matthew Lillard played the son of... Um, Ronald Reagan? No. But Ronald he, Reagan Jr.? He went with uh, uh, in a British accent that was quite possibly one of the worst British accents I've heard, but it was fantastic. The choices in that movie by Matthew Lillard were amazing. So I'm excited that he's in this movie. Did you want to pick a Nick Cage movie to make a sequel to? Any one of them. Any one of them? Yeah. What if uh, I told Raising you, Arizona. What if I told you that wasn't true and there's one he's making that's just disappointing to me? What movie in the Nicolas Cage canon can be just gone in 61 seconds? That would be great. 62 seconds. You're, you're picking something that would be great. Mm. Uh, boy. Well, no. he's, making a sequel, to me. he's making a sequel to the movie Lord of War. I don't I even remember what the first one was. Exactly. Uh-oh. That's the one he's making a sequel to. He's, I think he's an arms dealer or something. I don't even know what it's about. Human arms? Is it's it a horror movie. No, it's like... he makes a lot of those. It's like a... I don't know exactly what it's about because it's boring and no one's in it. And it's, it's from his period where he was making movies that nobody saw. Which I believe deserve not, a rewatch. Not ones where he's going crazy. We'll find out. I think this is just like, I don't know why he's making a sequel to this. Of all the movies. Somebody paid him. I'm assuming. Like Get the Rock 2. Oh, yeah. Wait, no. Sean Connery's gone. Yeah. Nick yeah. Cage isn't. Oh, yeah. He was the draw in that movie. Exactly. I forgot. He could make Con Air too. Didn't they get like a Beatles song for that movie? Or they couldn't get it. There was some sort of licensing thing, and they played some song in that movie, and all the the entertainment things were talking about it that summer. I don't remember. All I know right. that he buys a Beatles record at the beginning. That I remember. Oh, uh, but they couldn't get the rights for the music, perhaps. Probably. I don't know. His I name know. is Stanley Goodspeed. That's what I know. <laughs> and it's The Rock. And I know that Carla was the prom queen. Welcome to The Rock. Yep. I'm Sean Connery. You That's- might remember me from such films as James Bond. So we're not doing Deadstream again today, even though this time you've watched Deadstream. I did. I stayed up extra late, and I watched it. And then it got canceled an it hour ago. It got canceled. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I like when the pranks happen to you instead of me. Shout out to Martha's daughter, who is ill. Hope you feel better there, kiddo. That's why we're not doing it today. Uh-huh. I don't know if I told you that. I, I do know. That's, okay. I, I know. I know what to think when someone says because they can't do something because their kid's sick. Because oh, yeah. I've used that excuse, and I don't have kids. I used it when I didn't have kids, too. Yeah, I've used it with your kids. I've used it when I was a kid. Do you know how many birthdays a year your kids actually have? 16. It might, it, it, whenever somebody asks me to do something, uh, do you know how many of my grandmas have died when I need to get off of work? I'm going to guess all of them to start, because oh, yeah. you're very old. I'm at least at 16, too. Yeah. All right, so today we're going to talk about uh, something. We, we came up with this idea <clears throat> one minute before. It's not an idea. 
It's a concept. It's a thought. It's, it's a thought, but it's not an idea. No. Uh, the Boogeyman is coming out in two days from the time you... Which was news to me. Yeah. So, a news Stephen, update. Boogeyman a, coming out soon. It's a Stephen King adaptation. So I figured, let's just go through some Stephen King movies and see what Pete remembers. Well, I remember his books better because, you know, I'm a guy who knows books. I think that's think that would be great for your tombstone. I remember books better. Yes. <laughs> that's what I'd like on my pizza. That's yeah. <laughs> a book. The I dictionary. Rem- I remember books better. Uh, how many, I, there's a thousand Stephen King movies. Okay. And I would believe that the man the man has a lot of stories and he sells them all. Like we've seen most of them too, which is crazy. Well, it's horror, and we tend to watch horror it's not movies. Not horror so. though. Mm. Stand by Me, The Green Mile, oh, Shawshank yeah. Redemption. Some of his biggest hits aren't horror. Yeah, that's fair. And I've I, seen I, all those. I, I'm just sitting here and going, yes, I do like all three of those movies. Yeah. We're gonna they are s- enjoyable. We're going to skip those because this is a Scare Value podcast, scarevalue.com. I did it. So who hung up the poster after he crawled through the hole? Oh, no, you've ruined a movie for me. You could just... Spoiler alert. You just It's taped up. You just drop it down. Yeah, I thought of that, too, so I never understood that. Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks he, for ruining all of our lives. He crawled through a river of shit. Not a river. I think that's what the line was. I haven't watched that movie in a while. Uh, this is this is the kind of material you're going to get. I think that's what the line was. I remember books better. Yeah, that's pretty much going to be the rest of this this podcast. So. Uh, that's what the podcast has been from the start, and I'll be damned if we change it now. Shoot me. Hit me with it. All right. So his first movie was Carrie, which <clears throat> Brian De Palma. I don't know who Brian, Brian De Palma is. Did he do a bunch of 80s action movies? No. Brian oh. De Palma is the poor man's Alfred Hitchcock, who spent his whole career wanting to be Alfred Hitchcock so bad that he puts in what he calls homages to Hitchcock, which are just blatant ripoffs of Hitchcock. What movies have they done besides... Dress to Kill. He did Body Double. He did uh, Blowout, which is great. We've talked about this before. It's John Travolta. Was oh. John Travolta in Carrie? John Travolta is also in Carrie. Okay. That's uh, what I thought. I was right. So I remembered that. He did... Uh, oh God. Sisters, I think. I he have did, not seen any of these movies. They're all good. He makes... Raising Kane. He makes movies that are... With John Lithgow. He makes like movies that are good, but they're <clears throat> like seedy. Is the best word I could use for it. It's okay. Like if Hitchcock was a pornographer, this would be <laughs> okay. Yeah, but not like she kills goats, where it's kill her goats, kill her goats. Okay, I was close. It's yeah, not bad. All right, so that's Brian De Palma, and it's, that's um, I don't remember Carrie. I uh, Sissy Spacek. Oh yeah, it's which is and she's the outcast girl. Wait, Christine was the one with John Travolta. God damn, I always mix up. Christine is not John Travolta. It's not Carrie is John Travolta. Carrie. Christina's a car. Right. That's. I thought he drove the car, honestly. No? I, I don't believe he did. I believe John Travolta drove Carrie, and then Carrie like, was his friend or something, and it was like a loyal dog that killed people. And yep. I don't know if he was scared of the car at first, and it became his friend, and uh, then he turned into a bad guy, or if... You know, it was like straight up horror, like he couldn't get out of the car, kind of like Cujo, where you're trapped in the car, but instead of some outside keeping you in, it's, you know... The car keeping you in. What's like, fu- the inside's keeping you in, if you know what I'm saying. What's funny there is that you started that and said he drove Carrie, and the Carrie was a big dog, and I thought you were conflating it with Cujo, too, for fun, and then you named Cujo, so you just did that on accident. That wasn't even a purposeful thing. It got to my point, hearkening back to, I'll get there. Okay. Uh, so you don't remember anything about Carrie? Carrie had Sissy Spacek, apparently, and uh, she got, spoiler alert, they make fun of her at prom and drop 
pig's blood apparently on her, and then she uses all her psychic powers to murder the prom. You that see, is my. You remember re- basically everything about Carrie. I don't remember anything leading up to that last scene. Her religious mother. Yeah. Okay. I take that back. She had a religious mom, and I believe there was some sort of abuse happening and just constant yeah. mockery at school. Yeah. Did she have psychic power, like little glimpses to keep you interested? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, and it it the movie starts with her having her period, and that's what unlocks oh, yeah, her powers. Right. Um. So I look forward to when my daughter gets hers. That's a weird thing to say. Well, I, I can I can be done with this life, I guess, right? Like you go psychic and crazy. Is that how it works? In my my understanding of it, yeah. According to I, I, again, I don't remember this movie, so my experience is that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it's it's a really great movie. Uh, one of the best, and it has John Travolta. John Travolta's in it. Yes, one of the best horror movies of the seventies, I think. Uh, the only problem I ever have with it is that Sissy Spacek is supposed to be this. I mean, she's been raised in a way, so she's an outcast and she's quiet and, but she's because she's so unpopular and that's one of the things. But she's beautiful, like like she's supposed to be. This is the Norman Bates thing where it's like you know they cast in the book Psycho Norman Bates, Psycho Norman Bates. Norman, Norman Bates in the book is grotesque. He's, okay. he's very unattractive and he's painted that I way. Didn't from read the that book. Uh, oh book, wait, book yes better. I did. Book better, Pete. No, this this is one example. Book not better. Because in the book cycle, you meet Norman Bates in the first chapter, and he's, it's it's very different in a way where sort of like the Vince Vaughn you don't like psycho him. you don't like no he just is like you don't want to even be around him which is the opposite of what Anthony Perkins was but that's the point like Anthony Perkins is he's too good looking to be like I know he was raised in a way where he would be socially awkward. But socially awkward doesn't make you unpopular like that. It just doesn't if you're that good looking. So she's supposed to be like the biggest loser in the school. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Some guy's going to well, look at her and be like, he's, uh, this is, I can make this work. So you're, you're suffering from the Hollywood film ugly kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. Where right. any of those teen romantic comedies that you like so well, where Sissy Spacek and Carrie. Clean her up. Take her glasses off. Yeah. She's beauty. Sissy Spacek and Carrie would be like the most beautiful girl in nine out of 10 high schools in 1978. That's one of the things where it's like, this is just too much. Okay. It's I don't remember what she looks like. So they, they remade that movie with Chloe Grace Moretz. Same problem. Like you're telling me that Chloe Grace Moretz is like the outcast. Like I don't buy it. She was in that Nicolas Cage movie. Kick ass. She was. That's referred to always as the Nicolas Cage movie. Kick ass. Well, yeah. who, who else would headline that movie? It's Nicolas Cage. Do you know that both Quicksilvers are in that movie? The one from the the TV show and the one that's. I did not know that. The one from X-Men movies and the Sony X-Men and the one movies. from Marvel movies who died in the, his only appearance. Yeah. Uh, they're both in that movie. <clears throat> okay. That's, that's, a, that's a, some good news. Bit of kick-ass trivia for you. Okay. All right. Where were we? Carrie. Carrie was the not first. Not the car, but the girl with the psychic yeah. powers. Carrie was the first of his movies. The second of his movies was The Shining. The Shining? Yeah. Don't say that. We don't want to get sued. Stanley Kubrick, which... Uh, I, I know the how much King hated it and how uh, it changed. And I remember I was one of those people who walked around after... Do you remember the TV show with Steven Weber? Of course I do. And I was like... And Rebecca DeMornay. Who could forget? I forgot Rebecca DeMornay was in it. But Take I was like so excited. I'm walking around going, oh, they finally got the ending right because wow. I've read the book. Well, book better. Book better. Oh, they finally blew up the boiler. Spoiler alert. <laughs> boiler spoiler. Well... We'll get to, at the end of this uh, run, we'll get to how they redid that in Dr. Sleep, which I think is brilliant. Oh, right. Okay. All right. Uh, don't just, what are we on? I the think shine. I had more point. Oh, yeah. The, the, shine. The, the most famous of all King horror 
You think movies, so? I think easily. Not Maximum Overdrive? Because it's Kubrick. But it's Maximum Overdrive. It's a truck with a clown face. The thing all these movies have in common is that, like, despite there being a lot of good ones, even award-winning and award-nominated ones, Kubrick makes The Shining something that stands out in film history because he only made so many movies and so many of them are great. Nicholson's performance, it's just, and the legend of just how horrible that was to film for Shelley Duvall. I was going to say, yeah. didn't he like, ab- like abuse yeah. her to the point of she needed to check into a mental institution or yeah. something? Like, it was bad. But it's one of the most talked about movies of all time, most written about movies of all well, time. I remember it. You still do the red rum, the little finger yeah. that talks, the twins in the hallway. I think it's easily his... The, the fact that the kid, whatever the actor was, had no idea he made a horror movie because they went so far out of the way to keep, you know, just keep things like friendly and stuff. He had no clue. So he's he's like, we must shield this boy from these twins being creepy in the hallway. But also, Shelly Duvall, get over here and say that line 1,700 more times. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm going to keep whipping you with the hose. Uh, I think it's easily the the most <clears throat> famous of his all right. Well, let's keep, let's keep going with the list, and I'll I don't let know you what know. the most famous of his books is. It might even be The Shining, but uh, it gets muddled because the movie has got such a huge audience as itself. I, yeah, I'd have to sit there and look at a list of books too. We're not going to do them all in order because again, there's a thousand of them. But Creep Show came next, which I've never I, I've seen it, but it's so long ago. Creep Show had, I believe, this is correct. It's got the uh, raft, the raft in it as one of the stories. Yeah, we talked about the raft before, right? And it is, I it's one of those ones that stuck out with me from when I was a kid. And it's a it's a short story, and I couldn't tell you which book it's in because he writes a lot of short stories. But I recommend all of the short story collections. But couple of kids well not a couple it's a group of kids out on a raft you know one of those little floating docks in the water that you swim out to and then like a black sludge comes and if it touches you you die and they're trapped and it's cold dun dun no spoilers though is that the one uh, you're looking it up i'm trying to look all right there was another one in there too i think it was creep show where i don't know there was a betrayal and two people got buried at like high low tide up to their necks in the sand yeah that's uh Ted Danson. That was Ted Danson? I'm pretty positive. <clears throat> right, so they're buried, and then High Tide comes in, but then they come back as, like, swamp people to kill them at the end. So, spoiler alert, whatever that movie or show is from, that's what happens at the end of it. I can't seem to find any information on Creepshow. All right, so we're going to go that I was correct with Creepshow. And if I remember the box cover correctly, the Creepshow guy looked a lot like the Crypt Keeper from Tales is, from the Crypt. That is definitely correct. And I think I confused the two a lot because I liked Tales from the Crypt when I was a kid, which was a thing that I don't think uh, people talk about enough either. It was worthwhile. It was well, a good show. So one of the buried their head in the sand has uh, Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson. Holy cow. Uh, Naked Gun 33 and a beach scene. You want to do over on that? No, I, I'm good with that because 33 and a third was part three. So, uh, I can't Naked Gun, that. Hawaii. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess you're right, but I don't want to read all this. Like somebody wrote on Wikipedia, where I get all my information from. Uh, the uh, I get I literally get all my information from Wikipedia too. I don't. That's not a lie. Um, it's it's good to get your sources like that. The the brief plot descriptions they give are 700 paragraphs long each. So I don't care enough to read this, and I don't even know if I'm capable of reading all this. All right, so we're going to go with, you know, me being right. So I say Creepshow was a, a good movie. Uh, the I don't know what short, uh, short stories they took from, but I like it. It's good. So yeah. you've uh, never seen it. Point I've Pete. seen it. It's I saw it in the 80s at some point, mm. which is a long time ago. Well, I remember. At the time of this recording, it was forever ago. Uh, his next movie was Christine. 
which you've already confused. No. Uh, John Carpenter's Christine. I like John Carpenter. That's an interesting bit. I've never seen it. Is there a movie where John Travolta has a car? And not Grease. (laughs) Grease? I realize. I realize my statement. I wish you hadn't realized it so fast because I was ready to go with that one. <laughs> but it's got a real pussy wagon. An evil car is that? Is that what they say? I have never seen Grease, start to finish. You've I've never seen, seen Grease. I've never. I've seen. I don't think I've seen the whole movie. Period. But I've seen bits and pieces over the years. You'd love it. It's a movie about how women have to change everything they believe to be with men they want to be with. And that's like every movie in Hollywood. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, so nothing new. Yep. Christine is titled John Carpenter's Christine, because like Halloween, he wanted his name above the title. But at the same time, uh, we started getting Stephen King's whatever the movie title was, because people were paying Stephen King a lot of money to this, put his name on it. This was, what, mid-80s? Late or I early 84-ish. 80, okay. Maybe 83-ish. Yeah. Maybe 81, maybe 82. It's mm-hmm. in the 80s. Early 80s. Early to mid. Vintage 80s. Where it's Stephen King's Children of the Court. And they oh. paid they paid like whatever amount of money it was fifty thousand five hundred thousand dollars took it out of the film's budget which you can see on screen <laughs> so that okay. was a, a decision that a lot of people were making to pay him for the title or not and John Carpenter's like yeah it's John Carpenter's Christine. so that's why we saw those movies with his name above it oh, okay so many of them so John Carpenter's Christine take that Stephen King which I've never seen. I don't, I, I swear to God, I've seen it, but John Travolta's in a car, and the car is like an old classic car, and it tries to kill people, and I don't remember if he was scared or happy. That is, that is Christine. I don't know what movie you saw, but now that I've heard you describe Christine twice, I don't think it was that one. I'm telling you it is. Then we got into some Cujo. Cujo, I, I've seen, but, uh, and I believe I've read the book. <clears throat> that is all. Cujo is a movie that I believe I've seen, but then in my mm. head, I think it was best my uh, man's best friend with Ellie Sheedy. I don't <laughs> remember the man's same best movie. friend. Ooh, ooh, I remember that now. I have seen Cujo, but I, I think I have too. But my brain goes to man's best friend with Ellie Sheedy. Cujo is the one book I haven't read. It's like part of the Castle Rock book series, I guess. Like things set around Castle Rock, Maine. But you've seen the movie. I've seen the movie, Pete, but book better. I I know it's one of those. You know why though? Because I don't want to sit and read about a kid dying of dehydration while a rabid dog sits. You'd rather watch that. I'd rather. Well, the kid doesn't die at the end of the... Spoiler for Spoiler alert for Cujo. Hey, because, you know, scary stuff. You don't want kids dying. Makes me sad. What are you looking up now? Looking up... uh... He's he's playing over there on his phone, and uh, I realized I was looking for some sort of affirmation or acknowledgement of my conversation. Cujo was 83, so Christine must have been 82-ish, 82-83 must have been. Okay. D. Wallace is in Cujo. That's what I was trying to I don't know who D. Wallace is. D. Wallace is E.T.'s mom. He's E.T.'s mom. (laughs) Wasn't wasn't the sequel to E.T. supposed to be a horror film? I don't know anything about it. it. Okay, well, there was a sequel, and the aliens come back, because I guess E.T.'s people are not a good people. I think the first one was supposed to be a horror movie in in the first place, but then somehow it became a Steven Spielberg nice... Oh, boy. They took away the guns, if that no one knows that. In the first movie, the first time we saw it, all the FBI people had guns. This one, I think they have... Now they've redone it, and it's like radios or something. I think they have walkie-talkies. Walkie-talkies. Even better. Same kind of thing. So... The, so, d- the Dead Zone is next. The Dead Zone starring the guy from Weird Science, Anthony Michael Hall. I mean, it's starring, well, that's the TV show version. Oh. It's starring Christopher Walken. Oh, yeah, that's right. I knew that. He was from The Deer Hunter. 
Christopher Walken was from the Deer Hunters. I know. Have you ever I seen the Deer Hunters? I have never seen the Deer Hunters. Why did you all? He's all the things you could. You could have pulled the Fat Boy Slim video, and it would that, have been more that sense. That was to my me. next pull reference. It would have made more sense to me because at least I know you've seen that. So Dead Zone, David Cronenberg. So well, these the are early familiar, but I don't know who Cronenberg. The Fly. Is. The Fly. Yeah, the early Stephen King movies. Super, you got, super duper Fly. You got Brian De Palma, Stanley Kubrick, John Carpenter, and. Uh, so these are Cronenberg. These are some David big Cron- name people these who are, are directing name. the first He's, of the. I mean, Kubrick's the as big and as Stephen it gets, King was just what a pulp, a coked up pulp writer at the time. This is all eighty three and before. These movies are all shot in eighty two and before, which is crazy when you think about it. Because I feel like I know that Stephen King was big fairly quickly, but like his peak was it had to be around it in nineteen ninety. Like it, that was when it was ev- Stephen King was everywhere. I feel like there was a lot of Stephen King in the eighties. I know there was, but like. He was on TV. He was like there. It felt like every week there was Stephen King. The Stephen King and books were flying out of the, uh, uh, everywhere. Like I felt like everything hit a big resurgence right okay, around the time it happened. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Because I, I believe the recall. show came out, the miniseries came out not long after the book, and it was. I remember that book release, the first major book release I remember. Huh? Because I read that book, so it must have been. I read that book in 1991, so yeah. I don't know when. I, the show was 90, so it had to be 89, 90. I think it was a real right. quick turnaround for. Okay, that. uh, that's interesting. I didn't know I had read the book so close to its actual publication date. Because when you're that young, you know, you think all books have been around forever. I don't even think I understood that things came out yet. I'll look at time when the book came out, but I, I remember that book coming out. Watch, the book came out in like 1992, and I'm, I'm sitting here going, I read it before. I had a publisher's advance copy. Oh, it was 86. I was wrong. It wasn't okay. that fast. Okay, that's what I thought. I feel like it was... Uh, so that's was probably wrong. right around when he was at his... Because the stand, I believe, was written right around there. That's when he was writing those like goddamn yeah. giant, you know, eighty four, which are great though. 80 84. to about eighty eighty two to about eighty five, I think, was the peak of his coked up era. Okay. So the books were coming fast. Yeah, they were in uh, Maximum Overdrive. I think yeah. he says That's also he, has, where he directed Maximum Overdrive. He wrote Silver Bullet, and script. he says he has no recollection at yeah. all of the movie. Well, he's the lucky one. <laughs> I like that movie. It's got Emilio Estevez. This time you're right. Star of it Free does Jack. have Emilio Estevez. Because the next movie I have written down is Children of the Corn. Which, which has you, Emilio which Estevez. It does. Peter Horton. Nope. That's Emilio. Horton hears a who. Horton hears an Emilio Estevez taking his role. The the first Children of the Corn is decent. I've seen the first one. Yeah. It's slow, but it's it decent. Is. It's got Linda Hamilton, uh, yeah. too, in yeah. a non-kick-ass role. You can't say two unless you get the first person right. No. It, I'm right. It's Emilio Estevez. <laughs> no, see, that's, I don't you know why say, you're going to keep arguing with me on this. No one wants to hear this. <laughs> this is all, all they tune in oh, for. No, they don't. So it's Emilio Estevez and uh, Sarah Connor, and there's Mordecai, and they yeah. talk about he who walks behind the rose. Yeah. And it it's, is... It's good. I like it. It's good. The short story is good, too. It, it definitely ran out of money. I don't remember that. It's been a minute since I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's it's good. Um it's the it's so the only good one of the hundred adaptations of Children of the Corn. I've seen the first three. I think I get, I went up to whichever movie has He Who Walks Behind the Rose, where you see him for the first time. Yeah, but I remember nothing about any of the sequels. So there, there you go. That's my uh, that's my review. That's a good review. Uh, the next one I have is Silver Bullet, which I, I do want to stop like and talk about. I like Silver Bullet. So you watched it recently for yeah. a review, I believe, so it's fresh in your head. For a full moon feature. But it's got Gary Busey, yeah. Corey Haim, yeah. and, uh, Emilio Estevez. and Emilio Estevez coming hot off of Mighty Ducks 2. It has the guy from Twin Peaks that plays uh, uh, 
Avocado Cumberbatch name in Twin Peaks either, so that was a mistake. All right, you're bringing up references like I do now. Big Ed, he plays Big Ed in uh, Twin Peaks. Okay, and he's the, there's a few things about this movie. We've talked a little bit about it before about how the, I don't understand why Gary Busey's character is painted as this uh, absentee, this uh, un- drunken, you know, untrustworthy, untrustworthy uncle who's just bad news. And then you meet him, and he's like the nicest person who believes the children and cares about them, and is the only adult, the only ally they have the to the adult world. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's we talked about this Gary Busey, which that's who that's who you want on your side. A hundred percent fighting a werewolf. But that was the characteristics they decided to give him before you meet him. It's the strangest thing. Uh, but I, I came to discover that Stephen King wrote this screenplay, and this would have been again the peak of his coked up haze period. Okay, yeah. uh, his drug <clears throat> drug and induced uh because the script yeah give me a quick beats on the script what what what? the first half of the movie is really about the townspeople okay it's all about my son went missing what are we gonna do about this day-to-day lives the you know you see meet and greet of dozens of characters characters who then you never see once in the second half of the movie oh screen filler it's Time waster. It is a movie about a town until it decides to just never talk about the town again. It's this. It's very weird. And All right. It, it has a narrator who is not Corey Haim, even though he's the main character. It's jarring. <laughs> His sister is the narrator. And I thought maybe they did it because they want you to believe that Corey Haim could die in it. But then his sister is in every scene with Corey Haim. And I'm like, this is strange to me that she's in the I, same danger. I remember now that you're saying that. I remember that weird narration. It's a, a confusion. Even as a wee Pete, I was confused. And none of it adds anything. Because it's telling the story about how... None of the narration? None of it. It's anything. Not, there's Could not this- one thing said that can't be understood by what's on screen. It's completely superfluous. There's... It, it's something so that she's a person... Just, she's repeating what they're like, I'm putting down my cup of coffee now. Like, literally... Well, werewolf isn't outside. It's a movie about the strife between the brother and sister, how they didn't get along and how they came to get along. And literally the movie ends with, with them, you know, hugging and smiling at each other. And then it hurt, cuts to her saying, like, and then we got along. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> I'm, I'm not making that up. That, that's a solid werewolf movie. I wish more movies would end with people saying, and now we get along, and they hug it out. And yeah. that's how well, that's end. the other thing. The, the werewolf is, it's Big Ed from Twin Peaks. You find out he's the preacher. He is in a completely different movie than everyone else. He's in a horror Acting movie. Wise? Yes. Okay. He's in a horror movie, an intense, thrilling horror movie. And everyone else is in... Don't, don't you love it when people commit to like roles? Like, like oh, the, uh, I'm trying to think. What, Wolverine Origins with Lee yeah. Schreiber, who just... Yeah. Lee Schreiber was leaps and bounds. Like, what, what movie are you in, Sabretooth? A better one. Right. What was the... There was a recent there was something, example. Yeah, I was too. thinking. I, I don't know. I jumped to that one because I know it. But there was something where somebody else just acted their heart out. But I, leaps and bounds above everyone else on camera. Well, one, one of my favorite examples of that is, is Star Trek V because I'm the Star Trek guy. How oh, the Star Trek guy? Thanks for reminding me. It's a really bad movie. Which one was five? Where Kirk is smarter than God. I don't know. Directed by William Shatner. Of course. Uh, Good old Billy Shatz. Where Spock's half-brother, Cybok, comes and... Cybok? Come and commandeers the ship to uh, to rescue God. It's, it's a stupid movie. Rescue the, God? Yeah. He's stuck somewhere. It's, God's? Okay. It's dumb. Uh, except DeForest Kelly is incredible in it. And he, this is a man who has not been, Kelly was Bones? Yeah. I like Bones. He hasn't been given a lot of great material throughout this series, <clears throat> including the TV show, where most of the time he's just got to say his lines and move on. He gets something emotional to do, and he kills it. And it's it's so jarring that there's this one amazing piece of this movie surrounded by 
just total nonsense. It's, okay. it's a, it's, yeah. It's, this is a good example of a right. silver bullet where I want to see either the movie that never changes tone and it's just about the townspeople reacting to something you never see because that's what the first half of the movie is, or I want to see the actual psychological horror film that is this preacher preying on his flock because oh, I he's terrifying. You know, I never read that short story, so I have no clue what it is. It's called Cycle of the Werewolf. Yeah, I, yep, I just never read it. I'm going to guess it has almost nothing to do with the movie. I'm going to assume. Well, I'm, I don't know. Who, I, I don't, I, again, I have no comparison, so I'm not going to say anything. Because you know what? So far, I've had no corrections about me, and I'd like to keep my streak as perfect. Here's why I, I say that. Having seen the movie, I don't believe anybody who wrote a uh, story with a beginning, middle, and end could adapt it into this. By I don't by accident, the movie would have to make more sense. I've never tried Coke, but it seems like it would lend itself to some sort of wild extrapolations <laughs> on, on what an existing script was. I haven't either, but I've decided our watch-along is going to be doing a lot of cocaine and watching Silver Bullet. I wouldn't <laughs> even know who to talk to to find cocaine. Is there a store? Is there is there anything? I have no clue. The cocaine store? I know how to do pixie stick lines. If you want to get, <laughs> I wanna get real messed up. Fun dip. Fun dip? Yeah. Make little lines, you cut it up with your little sticky, your licky stick. The licky stick. <laughs> the licky stick, and you snort it right up. Yep, that's what summer camp was. Yep. I remember buying the fun dip, like the three-pack with the stick, the little licky stick, because they had the little onesies. If you had the big money, you could buy the three-pack. I, I think part of the reason I think that around 90 is a big period, because that's late 80s. 90, oh, like 88 to 90 in that period. Because that's I, Pet Cemetery was huge. Uh, that's true. That movie was very, very. You know big. what year that was? Offhand, you don't need to look it. Up. I'll look it I up, but I, I want to say eighty-eight. Uh, I know it was ninety, the TV version. Okay, I remember watching that because I, I, you know what, the TV show probably so it might have been nineteen ninety. I read that book. It was nineteen ninety when Cause I read they, it because the thing came out with the white cover and and having. T- uh, uh, I think that that's what I must be thinking of. The, the re- white cover, yeah, the re-release. Re-release with the white cover, and that I, was everywhere. I think I had an older copy because my mom would read Stephen King, so that's how I got into Stephen King. But I read it because the TV show was coming out, so, so I read it. I'll my say, mother's. I'll say all copy. three of these things, but we're just going to talk about Pet Cemetery first. 89, movie Pet Cemetery. 90, miniseries It. 90, movie Misery. That's a big Oh, yeah, period. Misery was a big yeah. one. We're going to just do Pet Cemetery right. first. We'll get to Misery after. That's a big... Spoiler alert, never seen it. Oh, it's really good. Or read the book. That's a big one-year, one-and-a-half-year period. For You're right. His books I... are at their peak. Everything's selling at that point. He was everywhere around that time. Yeah, Every, everywhere all at once. But, I, you know, I was young enough where I thought that uh, that was just normal. That's sure. just a normal guy. So he was a big part then, of my childhood. I think even then I understood that, like, other writers didn't have this... Level well, of fame. Look I didn't at know their names. You, Mr. Precocious. Just knowing stuff back when you were young. I own a lot of Stephen King books. I've read I read the Do Green, you really? I read the Green Mile. All right. I not my favorite. No, me neither. I think it's the only one I read. Like of all the books I own, I think it's the only one I read. That is saying something. No, you've read some of the Dark Tower, I thought. Oh I have I did read I did read the Dark Tower. Yeah, I know you read it at least the first book. I read I think two and a half books of the Dark Tower. Okay. Uh, and I don't even know why okay. I stopped. I just because I can't read. Most people stall in book four. I, Wizards and Glass. Or Wizards of Glass. I don't remember. I didn't stop because I wasn't enjoying it. I stopped because I don't read. Yeah, I'm impressed that you made two of that. I have, the first book is fantastic. It it's fun. The second book wasn't as much like the first book, and I was like, I kind of just like the simplicity of the first book. Okay. And I think that's what I want out of the story. But well, so I, that was Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. <laughs> no, no, uh, we're done. That was our review of Pet Cemetery. You saw Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. 
I did. Um, did you ever I, see the remake? I did not because I had uh, actually Martha's husband who didn't yeah. make it. Well, he told me the, oh, the beats. Yeah, yeah, he's dead now. But he told me, and I said, you know what? I don't need to see that movie. I'm good. Like I, I enjoyed the remake. I get it. I get it. It sounds really well, but this is part of my, I don't need to see children being dead. They changed it in the remake. I know, but they didn't change it for the better. I think they did. I mean, not happier is my point. Well, yeah, but it's not supposed to be happy. Well, me, like, did, did you not hear me like five minutes ago when I said that's how all movies should end? Everyone should hug it out and say, hey, man, now we're friends. That is how all movies should end. Do you remember the famous line from Pet Cemetery? Hey, man, now we're friends. Sometimes dead is better. I don't remember that. That is, uh, uh, what's his name, Herman Munster. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> he, he, he just decides for no reason <clears throat> to show him this pet cemetery and tell him what it can do. I Even forgot though he, he later was there. Then, he later tells him, yeah, I did this to my dog, and that was a mistake. Right, like, after the fact. After he lets him right, do it right. to his cat. Information that would have been helpful like a couple of days ago, buddy. His son Gage gets hit by that truck. Somehow there's enough left of him to bury that he still comes out of the... I've never understood that. I, I've never seen somebody hit by a truck, so I don't know what a body looks like. You've seen like. a deer hit by a truck. You've seen videos of that. You've seen carcasses on the side of the road getting hit by, by a, a giant truck like that. There is nothing left. Well, then that, I haven't seen it now, have I, Mr. Smarty Pants? That he came out of that grave looking basically fine with like a cut on his head? Like that makes... That's your problem with the movie? <sighs> that, that? Uh, given the rules of the world of the movie, yes, that is my problem with the movie. Because if you tell me there's a magical place... Uh, that's the center of the go. world. I have no choice but to believe it. So it magically repairs you. It's I a magical it place. It, I don't know what kind, of, what kind of like Ziploc bags full of kid they put in that, gra- that ground. I don't remember the book. Um, I remember the book was a lot sadder, too, somehow. Well, was, the sequel uh, changes it. It's not sequel. Gage that dies. Oh, the remake. the remake. It's not a sequel, yeah. right? No, there is a sequel with Edward Furlong, but I never saw it. No. Yeah. The a sequel? Yeah. Who was left? I, it's just called Pet Cemetery too. It could be a completely different story Ooh. of people that find the cemetery. Oh, anyway, yeah, he finds the thing, and then he tells him when his kid dies. He just looks at me, goes, he knows what he's thinking, and I'm like, of course he is. You just told him to. He can bury things there, and they'll come back. He's not going to do it to his kid. And he says, sometimes dead is better. And I don't. Re- <laughs> he's not wrong. What does sometimes they come back wrong? Where is that? Sometimes like? they come back was a, I think an, an HBO movie. Is that? But the one it's around ninety ninety one. Same thing. It's like this is a oh peak that was period. a Stephen King one, right? Yeah. Yep, I remember watching that at my grandmother's house. Yeah, yep. it was good. Tim Matheson, I think. I don't remember any actors in it. I think that's right. Well, if not, we'll get back to you. Yeah. Uh, uh, the yes. remake, it's not Gage who dies. It's the older sister. Right. And then it's it, it just goes, the ending's much better, I think, than the well, original. It's the, yeah, because it starts with the, the car, right, at the beginning. Like, it's the... Yeah, they tease it. Yeah, they tease it at the beginning and then the ending, and you see the... the the oh, no, 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 I thought you were talking about the truck. Like, they tease Gage get hit by the truck. Oh, do they? No, yeah. I was talking about the into- the end of the movie. Yeah, the daughter does. He brings her back. She kills the mother, yep. just like in the original with his Gage, brings her back. And then the, the, this movie ends, the first movie ends with uh, the, the father about to get killed, I think, by the mother. This one, he does get killed and buried and come back. And then they all three of them walk out of the pet cemetery where poor Gage is just sitting in the car with the doors locked. Yeah. And then you see the doors unlock. And I'm like, this is a great ending. Because now the whole family is dead. It's terrible. It's uh, pretty but, great. See, I don't need to see that because Eric explained it to me. And I said, I'm done here. I saw the mist. Luckily, I saw the mist before I had children of my own. Because when when we when I know you're on the list, I can see you pointing to it. I know it's coming. But if people have not seen the mist, stop this. Whatever. You're, if you're somehow listening to this, you should pause it now. Go watch the mist because when we get to it, yep. 
it, it's worth the end. I don't want to spoil it, but I'm going to talk about it because well, you've never seen Misery, so there's not a lot to talk about. It's she, great. I, that's everyone talks about. It. It's just not. I didn't read the book. I guess that's I a don't, big hit book too. I don't need to listen to read about somebody getting tortured. It's just kind of boring to me. It's not so. It's not know, getting it's, like picked apart for the whole movie. There's one famous scene. For the most part, it's all psychological. Yeah, and I don't. I, yeah. I just don't feel like I need that. I'm not looking for Stephen King to write me psychological thrillers. Well, it's great, and she won an Oscar for it. And I'll I read it eventually. Might be the only person to ever win an Oscar for Steve. Emilio mm. Estevez was in Maximum Overdrive. Well, he was in Misery too. <laughs> oh, that's right. He was the one chained to the bed. That's right. All right, James Gunn. R.I.P. Maybe he no. seemed like a dick, but he seemed like a. He's dead. Yeah. Since when? Uh, the toll booth. The toll booth. Oh, that's a Godfather <laughs> reference that I've only ever seen the first movie one time, but I got that reference. I like my Jimmy Conn. He was in The Way of the Gun, starring Ryan Felipe and, ooh, who's the other guy? He was in an Adam Sandler movie. Benicio Del Toro? Yeah. Like he was in an Adam Sandler movie as well. Which one? I don't remember. Oh, was it Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans, maybe? Bulletproof, is that a thing? Bulletproof, yeah. Oh, wow. I I've never seen it. I think that's another 1991. I don't know that he's in it either. I'm going to make it immediate. I think it's a 1991 movie. It's not a 1991 movie. 94 Bill- is what I'm going to say. I, I think you think Adam Sandler was making... Adam Sandler's been around forever. He has, but Billy Madison was before... It was after 91. Okay, but... I'm going to say, are, I'm gonna say 99 is my guess. Yeah, so I've never seen Misery at all, and I don't have much of a... 96. Thing. See, I was right. But I don't know that James Conn is in it. Let's find out. He uh, was. I think he might have been. Give me the next one on the list so I can start thinking about what my ruminations are in Stephen King. The next one on the list is Thin A. The Thinner? Thin A. I saw Thinner James Conn. in is. the movie theater. Nice. Jimmy C. Yeah, I know you've seen it. That's why I wrote it down, because it's not his best. No, it was um, The Gypsy Curse. Yes. Who made him thinner. And I, you know, though, I saw that in the theater. I... I thought it was fairly typical for what like a horror was at that time. Uh, that is correct. Yeah, pre-scream horror. Yeah, you get some Candyman, but you get a lot of Thin A. Yeah, it was just it's just. <laughs> I gotta keep there. saying Thin A because that's oh. how she says it. I don't remember when she curses him. She time. brushes his cheek and goes Thin A. You know, I all right, whatever. So that was thinner. Eh, forgettable. Yeah, it is forgettable. Not great makeup effects. I don't even, even at the time. That. I remember watching it and being like, "This isn't great." Okay, in his fat suit. Hit me. Next is The Mist. The Mist. All right. So, last chance to pause it. The Mist is a fantastic movie with a fantastic ending. And if you, Stephen King has said he wished he had written that ending yeah, as it's opposed a to ending the ending of the book. book. One of those almost no times that the movie is better than the book. Again, but Psycho was. The, the short story was really good, too, In of, of The Mist. Uh, I think it was just called The Mist. I don't remember. Uh, so, it is fantastic. And it's one of those things where I saw it before I had kids because, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, there's child it, murder. In there is, and it is brutal. And then, like, I, uh, the people I saw with, a lot of them missed it. But, <laughs> so he's got a, he's got a, you know, they're all trapped in the mist. This is my spoiler. Spoiler here. He, they're all trapped in the mist. The guy's there with whoever survived his kid. They all drive away. He's got his kid, they run out of gas, his kid and like two other people, and he's got what, three bullets in the gun? That's correct. So he, he put, he, he, the kid wakes up, right? Like his kid's sleeping, and he puts the gun to his kid's head because no one wants to be eaten by the monsters. So he puts the bullet, the gun to the kid's head, and the kid opens his eyes right before he pulls the trigger. So we get that horrible pain. Then he kills the other two people, and he sits there with, you know, waiting for the monsters to get him. And then the army rolls by, 
And this woman is in the crowd, like being rescued by the army. And she was at the beginning of the movie asking for help to go find her kids and no one would go help her. So the fact that she rolls by just in the, you know, just a little shot of her is fantastic. I like just, it hurts so much on so many levels. I like how you recap movies like a kid talking to a parent about something they just saw on TV. And then the army came. And then, and then, and then the mommy army came in my house. And then an army came, and the woman from the beginning was there. And oh my God. I got I got overexcited. Was I still sounding okay? Like I leaned way into this mic. Yeah, I, I, the mist good. is fantastic. It's yeah, the a mist fun. is great. But, um, oh, heartbreaking. I don't know if I could ever watch it again. Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. We, uh, Marsha Gay Harden. Oh, that's right. She's insane. And most of the people that are in Walking Dead. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. Uh, oh, so many of them are in that movie. Uh, the woman you're talking about is Carol on The Walking Dead. It was one of the Oh, most, yeah, yeah. That's her. No shit. Yep. Uh, okay. I believe Lori Holden's in that movie, right? Is that her name? I she don't was remember in who. Walking Dead. Um, the guy that, the older guy in that movie is also in The Walking Dead. Like, it's, yeah, there we go. The, the, there's the like older guy. And Frank Darabont. Lori Holden. Frank Darabont. Oh, Frank Darabont. Yes, he did The Walking Dead. The oh, Walking Dead. I see. That's the thread that ties him. He... he Direct, or he casts who he knows. He also did Shawshank Redemption. Redemption and probably, Jinx. Yeah, probably the Green Mile, right? Dude, you owe me a Coke now. Yeah, we're going to do it before we watch <laughs> Silver Bullet. You got a Jinx. You're going to do it before we watch Silver Bullet. The rules of Jinx that you can't talk the, anymore. The rules of 1950s Jinx are, are correct. Right. All uh, right. Silver Bullet. Next I watched, I wrote down The Dark Tower. and The, the one with... Um, the uh, only one that exists. Oh, okay. Yeah. I... It's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's the worst adaptation of a Stephen King material ever recorded, but I don't think it's that bad of a movie. Idris Elba is really Mm -hmm. good as Roland Deschain, the gunslinger. It's based on seven novels, and it's super short. And it... And, you know, if you haven't read the series, it brings in, it's kind of, it, it ties in, it's the world's dying. So it's all of Stephen King's books, all his universes, well, at least a lot of them, all kind of crossing over. Like, the worlds are fading, barriers between are coming thin, and the gunslinger. Thin it's thin A. And the gunslinger's on a quest and through all these different different things. Now, should yeah. a movie about that Some of them are very Emilio Estevez? Emilio Estevez could be anywhere in those. That's what I mean. He's in all of those. He's in every one of these movies yeah. so far, I think. Okay. He's. Uh, oh, my point was a lot of the worlds, though, are horror. Like, it, yeah. they, the gunslinger crosses through. So you see that in the movie. There's some creepy stuff. You don't see almost anything from the books of the no, movie. No, but you see a little. Th- and if you've read all seven of the books, you're like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Oh, I know what that is. It's a strange. Everything about it's a strange choice, except that yourself was incredible in it. As the gunslinger. Yes, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, there's somebody acting in a different movie. Well, no, the kid was fine to it. The acting's not the problem. No. It's that they tried to make like an 85-minute version of the Tark Tower. Yeah, and then they made it very action-y, yeah. too, which I guess is fine, because there's a lot of action. Matthew McConaughey. I like Matthew McConaughey. He wanted to be the man in black, and I was like, I, if he was I, a big fan, he acting's probably... Acting's not the problem. He was probably pretty angry with the script he got. But he acted. I mean, not Nicolas Cage acting, but he did a good job. Has Nicolas Cage ever been in a Stephen King movie? Sure. I don't think he has. Eh, probably not. Although there are a lot of movies written by Stephen or adapted from Stephen. Wait, wait, The Mangler, right? With Christian Bale? Wasn't that a Stephen King? I don't know if it was a Stephen King. Maybe. I feel like it was. I didn't write it down. Okay. Well, then maybe it wasn't. It could have been. Yeah. Isn't I don't the, know. It's a machinist. Is it The, the Machinist? The Mangler is a bad 80s movie with, with Freddy Krueger in it. Yeah, I think that might have been the Stephen King. That could have been. Yeah. Yeah, The Machinist right. isn't. The, right. All right. So I'm just mixing it up. 
I got, a correction. I got a correction and apology right away. That's why you never get them, because I correct you immediately. Well, good. You don't agree with me that, that it's the best of times, the worst of times is from the great Gatsby. <laughs> You sure? This is, listen, this is not a novel podcast. <laughs> no. So, what am I reading right now? Well, I'm reading a lot of comic books these days, and I'm reading Bunicula, which is about a vampire bunny. I saved Ooh. I saved the last two we have for the end because they're bigger ones. It and all three iterations. It iterations. Hey, 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 I, I, I see that thing you did right I there. I myself again. <laughs> all you know, three iterations. You know, speaking of three... Three things. Apparently, the Simon Pegg and Nick Fraud, those three movies they yeah. did together, that's like a horror like trilogy. It's a it, horror yeah, trilogy. I guess. No, Two I, of them aren't horror movies. Well, which two? Like, What are the three? It's um, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Uh, it's Hot Fuzz, Hot which has Fuzz. no horror elements. But there's no, no, no. Because I was trying to watch it with the kids because I thought, oh, what an action-y movie. There is the serial killer who cuts off people's heads. Yeah, and yes. But it, it's done for comedy. It's like it's eight heads for, in a duffel bag. And it's done for horror eight, movie. It's do, I never saw eight heads in a duffel bag. It's, but it's an action. It's still It doesn't horror. come from a horror place. The other one's definite sci-fi. Yeah, the World's third end. one, the end, or no, the at end. At World's End. At World End, yeah. That one, I really enjoyed that one, though. They're all good. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead's but a masterpiece. It's a... It's a sci-fi, but it's the horror. It's like a invasion of the body snatchers. Sure, right. It's it's that element of horror, but it's a sci-fi horror of it. I, I feel like realize. he made a horror movie, an action movie, and a sci-fi movie all set in the same universe, which is interesting. They were all set in the same. Well, universe. you know what I mean. Well, they're all set in the same. I just yeah, like the same. I see. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I just realized. I like, think oh, the thing all that horror. connects them is that they all eat the same ice cream. So I'm assuming oh, I didn't the, even notice that or know that. Isn't it like Cornetto ice cream is the thing? It's called the Cornetto trilogy. Oh, that's right. That's what it's So called. I think that it's the Cornetto universe. Okay. So that's yeah, the same that's, universe that's I'm talking about. That's the name. All right. Yeah. I, just, I just stumbled across it and I thought that it was the the horror elements that tied. So I said, oh, yes, all three of those are sort of horror elementy. When they were pitching Shaun of the Dead, they pitched it as Scream with Zombies. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Because it was a way to make people still, understand yep. the tone they wanted to go for. And it's a different tone than Scream, but I t- definitely see the influence but, of. Like we talked about, horror in the 90s before Scream yeah. was a very mediocre yeah. genre. And he made that movie at a time where zombie movies weren't as popular as they were about to get. They, they weren't Oh, unpopular. yeah. Zombies were nowhere. You hadn't had a zombie movie in. No, they, zombie movies no. came up before Shaun of the Dead. The, the no. Renaissance started with 28 Wait, Days Later. Oh, yeah, right. That. I'm sorry. I, I forgot that Shaun of the Dead wasn't the first one. But yeah. yes, there was a long drought of But then we came out like 2002. Like, if he waited 10 years, nothing but zombie movies everywhere. Oh, yeah. So he was still ahead of it. He was commenting, you know, right. he, parodying it and satirizing it. The early Before aughts. it even hit me yep. again. The early aughts, he was, yeah. he was right there. It was a, a, a good time. And then yeah. that's when the plague hit of... <laughs> Everyone made zombies. Everyone. I mean, if he, if he would have made that during the walk... Like, after season two of The Walking Dead, it would have been probably an even much bigger hit. Or it would have been lost in the shuffle. I don't, I don't think so. No? Because, because of what it was doing so different than everything else. Or if somebody else had come out with it first. I don't think people look at that movie as a zombie movie, first and foremost. I don't think they really think about it like that. Oh, I do. Oh, I do, too. 100%. I just don't think they think about it like that. Okay. I think they think about it like a great comedy. And it's one of the best comedies in the last, what, now, not, is it even 20 years now? It doesn't four, maybe it was. It's pushing it. It's pushing it. Oh, God, we're old. Because <laughs> that feels like postmodern horror. Like, oh, yeah, postmodern horror was 20 years ago. God yeah. damn it. Thing we're on Scream Six, I know. my friend. West Graham's Nightmare was 1994. We're gonna hit 30 years next year. That is like basically the beginning of that postmodern horror. Yeah, you and your math right. always bringing things up. When are we getting a legacy sequel to that? We'll They'll all come back one more time. They said 
Really? Yes. And I know Wes Craven can't do it anymore, and the only good ones have Wes Craven involvement. Well, Dig him up. Yeah, there you go. Dig him on up. To put him in the pet cemetery. Put him in the pet cemetery. All his body parts. Even if he cremated him, he comes back. I think the world... Comes back better. The world needs... Wasn't Wes Craven in Scream dressed up as a janitor? Yeah, he's dressed as Freddy Krueger as a janitor. That was pretty funny. Yeah. His name was Fred. <laughs> he got fantastic. a scene with the Fonz. Hey. hey. That guy's going to pull his mask off at the end. He's wearing Winkler and he's going to go, hey. Hey. It's me, the killer. Uh, you were, we remember that bit. You don't remember that person's last name. The Kevin, person who did it. It was a person we saw in high school, or we saw the movie with. Yeah, we saw him in high school while we were there. Yep. And then we went and we saw well, the movie. You didn't with see him that often. You didn't go. No. Uh, fair enough. But uh, we went and saw the movie, and that was his bit. We were watching yep. it, and he turned to me and he said, Hey, I bet you when they pull the mask off the killer, it's going to be the Fonz. And he's going to go, Hey. Yep. And it stuck with us low these many years. But oh, not his last name. Low these many years is back. It's been a while. Low these many podcasts since I've said it last. Yep. But Kevin, that was a good bit, and I remember it, but not your last name. That's right. So I, I remember it. Um, I, I, remember, I remember. Spe- I remember everything. Speaking of it, it yeah, that was our review of it. Yep. So what was the next one? Uh, the it, nineteen ninety, uh, Tim, Tim Curry. Curry special. Starring Harry Anderson. It's not very good. It's culturally huge. I will grant you that 100%. And Tim Curry is great. I love it, but I believe it is the tint of nostalgia and how much I enjoyed it as a kid. There is some of the worst TV acting. Do you remember the UB40 soundtrack? I don't, I don't remember Oh, that. my God. I think it was like two or three UB40 songs over It, the movie about a clown that kills children. The movie has a fascinating cast. John Ritter's in that movie. Oh, he played the adult... Um, one of them. Uh, the thing that's one of the problems with that ben, movie is he was that Ben, the kid one of the who problem, was overweight and then thinned out. One of the problems with that adaptation is that the characters, even though it's longer than the other movies, yeah. have almost no characteristics. They, have, I don't, they really, it's it's stunning when you watch it. I remember Harry Anderson was fine. Harry Anderson. Richie, he, he stood out. It was um, fine, but these kids are just too similar. Oh, the kid, well, no, you had, uh, you had, uh, what, Jonathan Brandis? Was he in it? I, I think he might have been, yeah. Yeah, because he was the one who was in Sequest and DSM or DSV. DSV. And I think he killed himself, which makes me sad, so. Well, but, I mean, after you meet Chuck Norris. So there was him. There's nowhere to go but down. You know what? Who else was in that movie as a kid? Um. Um, that might have been it. So, point uh, to you. Oh, people you know. Really? Yeah. People, I mean, I don't remember any of the actors. So, I, we don't need to get bogged down. No, what's her name? Uh, from Psycho 4 and 1960, Romeo and Juliet. 1960. And, and no. Black Christmas. She's the star of Black Christmas. And I, it's like her name is... It's. It's. I remember I'm, her name in the movie is Jess. Okay. But, uh, no, all right. One well, of the original final girls. Uh, I cannot remember the... He's just staring at me blankly because it bothers. He's me hoping the thought will enter his head, but there's I was hoping it would enter your head. No, I'm not going to remember an actor's name. I remember uh, the adults, but Tim Curry is, I think, the one that stands out because, as Pennywise, he was absolutely spot on. At least my nostalgic tinged memory tells me that Olivia Hussey. Yeah. Okay. See, I don't know who that is. Congratulations, though, on looking it up. Well, I gave you three things in her filmography, which is the thing she's known for. Well, not known, not known well, well enough for me to know the name. No. Not known at all by some of us. Yeah, Jonathan Brandis was in the... Seth Green was in it. Seth Green? No kidding. Yeah. I wonder if he played a bad guy. No, I think he played one of the main kids. Hmm. Uh, I like Seth Green. Not enough to remember he was no, in not, It. I have not seen that It again. It, to your initial point, 
I have Annette, not, Annette O'Toole is in this movie? I have not watched that movie since probably 1990 Annette, when it came Annette out. Annette O'Toole? Do we know her? Peter O'Toole's sister? That actually could be true. I don't know. The his answer. wife. His daughter. Probably his mother. More like, mother. Uh, she was in Smallville. Okay. Another show I haven't seen. Yeah, this movie has... Well, it was a TV show, or a made-for-TV movie, which is something series. Um, well, yeah, it was. They, they were events that used to happen on TV over multiple nights, and you would have to tune in to watch it. And then you would all tape it, because it might never play again, and I guess you could go buy a VHS copy of it somewhere. I don't know how things worked. I was a child. Seth Green plays a young Harry Anderson. He plays Richie? He does. Okay. I don't, oh, oh yeah. All right. Yep, I see it. Yep. Uh then they they made the movie in nine in two thousand seventeen. I liked great it part one. Yeah, it's great. I didn't like it part two no so much. Does. Really? Yes. Okay. I think I think our foreign correspondent did like it. <sighs> Just so you know, I I remember I remember talking to him. A, a tremendous disappointment well, after part one. What was your problem with part two? Because I got my problems with part two. Part it's, one. Fine, great. I mean, not great. It's fun. It's a good movie. And what's his face? Skarsgård is creepy as shit as Pennywise. The problem with part two is that I started watching it three weeks ago and it's still going. <laughs> that is the problem with part two. Yeah, it it drags. My problem is the just how repetitive yes. it got for a long chunk of that movie when every single person had to go it was visit whatever their fear was back in Derry. Believable they had to do that. Right. I don't know if it's because I, you know, I know they're not going to die because I've read the books and like maybe you think that someone's going to die if you don't know the story because the one uh, Stanley had already killed himself, you know, didn't even want to go. Which has never worked for me in either movie. It works in the book though. I guess. Book better. Book better. Book better. I mean, here's the thing. I watched both versions of him doing this and nothing happens in the first half of the movie in the first one or in the first movie of the second one which is like well i can't go back to that like you all survived <laughs> you know it's like yeah. what what are you so what are you uh, so scared of? i don't know it it, it was it, not good part two it, anyway, part two wasn't that good. was all i, I don't great, know why i stuttered on great that. cast yes i love the cast i liked bill Hader a lot yeah and i like james mcavoy i forgot yeah. james mcavoy was in it that's how just everything's forgettable yeah, it's it, like I said, it's got the sleepers thing where all the kids outact them, and that's oh yeah, unfortunate. sleepers problem. Starring Brad Pitt, you got Emmy Award winner Bill Hader, you got Oscar winner Jessica Chastain, and they're being outacted by Finn Wolfhard and the gang of people I've never seen in anything else. That's right, they were the kid actors were way better. All right, so so that was it. That was, that was the it. Most recent one. Yep, Maximum Overdrive was not on your list, but classic, fine film if you're afraid of trucks. Well, I have one more thing written. And uh, Doctor John Sleep. Carpenter's, yeah, Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. I read the book and saw the movie. Well, this is the most interesting one to me because if you're going to watch it, first of all, watch the director's cut. That is the only version I have ever seen, based on your recommendation. I've never seen the other version either. The complaints I heard about the movie, which is it got good reviews, but they said uh, it doesn't uh, disjointed, it's disjointed, it's confusing, and it's it not at all in the director's cut. It is. It flows. The director's cut is about 16 hours long. Yeah. There is a scene where I had to fast forward for yeah. a while because I don't I don't need to see children being tortured. And it was bad. So, otherwise, really good movie. Yeah. What's interesting about the movie, Mike Flanagan directed it. Mike Flanagan's 
has done. Why do you always ask me things well, like I'm going to know them off the top of my well, head? Well, you say, why do you say people's names well, like I'm going to know who they are? So he does, all, got, the, he does all the Netflix, Netflix ones. He did the House of Bly Manor or whatever and the House of House on Haunted Hill. Okay, or, there. That's all I needed. You know, that miniseries that was really good, the... Haunting of Hill House? Haunting of Hill House. Okay, I haven't seen that one yet, but it's, I also hear... That's all I needed. That's really good. I didn't like the next one he did as much. That one's really good, though. Okay. But, so he directed this one. I think he did... Uh, he must have done that Ouija movie that I think is good, too. I haven't seen the Ouija movie. The, but there, it's like a sequel to a movie he didn't make, and it's really good. And I think it was him. Okay, well... It was. So... They like that's when I knew he was like a really talented guy. He made Oculus. We saw Oculus. I did see Oculus, starring yeah. what's her face from Doctor Who and Nebula from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan. I like her. Um, Doctor Sleep is both a sequel to the book The Shining and the movie The Shining, which is interesting because they leave off in very different places, as we discussed. What do you mean? In the book, the hotel blows up. Right. In the movie, the hotel does not blow up. Correct. So in the book, when they return to the grounds. <sighs> There is no hotel. In the movie, they have the cinematic wonder that is the Overlook Hotel that they can return to. That's right. Okay, I see. So, book better than movie. Not this time. Well, I don't know. It's a nice, I like the ending of the book. I really... You haven't read it, but it, I, I like how it goes. It, it can't be as visually interesting... I mean, there's no visuals, well, I guess, when you're in your I was, was going to say. Even in your mind, though, like to get back to those iconic things and be able to use them as we did. It works. It's fascinating because that think, whole third act has to take place in basically a different spot. You know, this, this what this has, for me, as a fan of both the book and the movie, it's like the Jurassic Park thing. Yeah. It's, it's a story that's very, I mean, it's the same story, but it's done for the medium it's being told in. Like, books don't translate to film. Films aren't necessarily... Like, the novelization of films is not really a thing. It's... but Those are, those are both untrue statements. <laughs> I just want to point out before you go on. I'll let you go. I'll, I'm going to let you finish. Yeah. But I just point out, those are both untrue statements. Go ahead. Because I'm correct. No. But they're they're made for... You know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say here? Like, they're, they're made perfect for what they are. Like, this is the best way to tell the story on film as opposed to telling it through It's print. true, because they, they use different language, yeah. basically. However... Psycho is better as a as a movie. I, I don't remember the book, so well, Psycho is better as a movie. One. And I, the Doctor Sleep is a book, is a story, is good. Doctor Sleep is a movie because of what it can evoke. Is it has an advantage the book does not have. God, there's so many other things going on that are cut out of the movie. Sure, sure. But what people are going to remember from the book and people are going to remember from the movie are going to be different things. Yes, that I agree. Yeah. That's my point too. So in this, my argument is because of the Overlook Hotel existing in the movie world, he was able to adapt a different adapt it for film using film language in a way that most books to film can't do. So right. it's not it's not even like a fair one to one because like he made a movie adaptation, but he wasn't just sequelizing the book. You know, he wasn't just making an adaptation of Dr. Sleep. No, he wasn't. He was, he was sequelizing the movie. Because that's what came before. But and that's he, why the movie's so interesting. Right. I 100% agree. I think it's great. I don't think there's a better one. And, I don't think one is better. No book better. And he gets the original ending. Yes, he does. They get to blow up the... It's a nice little dovetail, too, with Ewan McGregor. The uh, Mike Flanagan made this movie, and he... Star he, of Nightwatch. He said to Stephen King... Uh, he said of Stephen King, he's like, I knew it was, first of all, a hard undertaking to, to do a sequel to The Shining. <laughs> hard that's, undertaking. That's, I don't, why, why is that funny? <laughs> hard. Did, did anybody say anything about that? Did anybody have that to say? 
You know you want to. <laughs> nope. I'm good. So, talk. Tell me more about this hardness. Yeah, Pete. I want. I want it. Want what? I want. I want to hear it. I, I want, want it that way. I want it. Sing it to me, Justin. Give it to me. Hit me, baby, one more time. I've given you, given you three openings. <laughs> That's what she <laughs> said. There it is. There it is. Uh, uh, I wasn't going to say it. I had made a solemn vow before this podcast started that I wasn't going to say it today. But here we go. He gave me a sticker. That said, that's what she said to put on the microphone so that I could stare at it the whole time. I, he won't put it on his microphone. I think he thinks his microphone is too precious for a sticker that says, that's what she said. That's not why it's not on there. Um, the He told Stephen King, he's like, you know, i got to make a sequel to this. People are going to expect certain things from a sequel to The Shining, the movie. They're going to expect certain things from a book adaptation. Uh, he's like, and Stephen King, you know, I know he hated the Kubrick one. Stephen King, I don't know. Have you noticed? I know uh, Alan Moore, the comic book writer, yeah. famously hates every single thing that's ever come from his work. Yeah, he, my, does, he hates it for different reasons. But my feeling is just don't sell the rights, correct? Like, I don't it, know how these things work, but you well, have to sign off as the creator. He does. No, you don't. No? Is it, it depending on. Who, it, do you, who do you think owns The Watchmen, DC or Alan Moore? Oh, all right. Yeah. Fair point. You do that work for. But so. some of the stuff has got to be his, like V for Vendetta. You think somebody owned that, or was that like it was uh, Vertigo? I think wasn't there somebody? Somebody did. But he at that point he was established enough where you got to assume creator control because he never went with like he left a lot of the big companies with the characters. Yeah, he doesn't like things because he thinks he's the only person that understands his stories, and that's uh, that's the worst kind of artist in my opinion. Uh, but he's a crazy wizard. Stephen King generally, even his bad adaptations, accepts them. He's even accepted the Shining adaptation. It's, it's kind of overblown at this point. Yeah, his hatred of the thing. He did have a great quote where he said, uh, uh, "I mean, in, when that movie came out, when he was coked and drunk out of his mind, he probably hated it the most." But uh, he, he did have a great quote where he said, "People want to know how different we thought the material was. His ends in ice, and mine ends in fire." And it's like it's a perfect quote. I think I've heard that. It's a perfect quote. Uh, but. That's the thing. Mike Flanagan said, now I've got to go tell him, so I'm changing the ending to this book as well. <laughs> He's like, but I'm going to give you your original ending. He's like, but I was so terrified to tell him. So, you know how you hated all those changes to your book? I'm changing this one now. <laughs> I, uh, he took it well, though, right? Like, oh, he he loved- yeah, yeah. Because from my, my understanding of Stephen King is he is pretty, a pretty mellow, chill guy. Yeah, he, who- he didn't like... I think there was another quote from years ago. I'm going to get it wrong. But it basically said something like he saw the the Kubrick version of The Shining and said, he's like, like I don't know why he wants to hurt people in this movie. Like, he doesn't, like, like the movie had no, you know, that Stephen King even has some hope in his books. And his, There's a lot of hope yeah, in Stephen King. There well, not. There isn't in The Shining movie. That full black, no stars, I think Netflix, 1922 or something. Like, Netflix has a couple of adaptations. Yeah, yeah. That, that, it's a, like four short stories, just... Pure black, no, yeah. no stars. It is bleak. Those yeah. four stories are bleak. Yeah, he didn't like Kubrick's interpretation of it, and that's that's fair. Yeah, the movie's uh, beloved. Oh yeah, I so know, I think I that's part of it too. Is that Red he Rome. doesn't he changed all my stuff and people love it, and it's like that could be annoying, I guess. People love the book too, so it's not like, but it is like we talked about. It's the most famous, I think, of his adaptations. I think part of that's fueled by King himself, to be completely honest. Yeah, but he you know, keeps that legend moving because right. he talked about it so much. For the new generation, this it is probably going to be up there for a lot of kids. The first one, yeah, yeah, because that I I know this is kids like my kids' age. That whatever growing up in your your late uh, single digit numbers, yeah. to See, early I think, doubles. I think for our age, formative years, I think for our age, it is like Pet Cemetery and the it 
1988 are the big ones because you're like 10 ish a yeah. little under somewhere in that age like these are the things that are on yeah king uh yeah these are big and you know like i said boogeyman's coming out this week and there's i, I don't remember that one salem's lot coming out later this year I, it's everywhere ooh, salem's lot i don't remember the movie i never saw it so, right. i think it, it's a miniseries again is it okay so. that's fine the stand is a miniseries i never saw okay i no i saw the stand with a whole bunch of people rob lowe back in the day uh that's all i remember the end is he in it? the end no is he in the end, yeah. the end the end was i there was also the weekend he's a guy i mean how many books has stephen king written three wow i've read two of them nice you're you're like a real you're like i want to not start calling you the or stop calling you the star trek guy start calling you the stephen king guy that's right I've you read, read most of his books two of three books that, as long as they're the three i'm thinking of i've read like 20 something of his three books wow that's pretty good yeah thanks uh i don't know math doing math with pete and brian yeah, Brian big number theory. Mathing it up. My kids just made fun of me horribly all morning for counting. I don't know why. They kept trying to make me count things. That's well, all I got. Like the count I, from I Sesame Street? Yeah, like that motherfucker counting all the time. I think me. they know you can't. Yeah, it's a mockery. Uh, it's always tough when your kids figure out they're smarter than you. Especially oh, they, when they're like six. What? <laughs> especially when they're only like Is that six. more or less yeah, than that's me? Right. Uh, let's see. You're 43 uh, for another three weeks. Who told? Is it really when that close to out, my birthday When now? this comes out, it's only going to be two weeks till your birthday. Well, happy birthday to me. So how old will I be now? About well, 43 plus one is... 42? Yep. All right. Getting well, older. We gotta, you know, the kids are going to make fun of me. You know, they called me bald yesterday, and then everyone in the car laughed. <laughs> how many people were in the car? Oh, I don't want to make you count. <laughs> there were four people. <laughs> I, I know, because I felt all of their laughter. <laughs> Why did Kitty laugh? You're not bald. I don't know why she laughed. Why did I laugh? I was the fourth person in the car. I just went along with the... I guess I wanted to fit in with the car. That's what it was. Because <laughs> they're picking on you. Right. I don't want to be the outsider. You know what I mean? Which one of them called you bald? Which one do you think? Uh, that's Actually, that's fair. It could have been both of them. It was probably a tag team. I think it was a chorus was coming gonna, from the back I was going to say, like, my initial response would be Fred, but Fred mostly glowers and Fred, frowns. my daughter. Yep. Yeah, so... The 10-year-old. I'm going to say Sam. I think it was Fred. But you're Sam, not the seven-year-old. No, but they're, it's kids. I'm bald enough. You're not her suit, but you're not no. bald. Well, I'm her suit below the neckline. All right. That's, we don't need that. Um, that's an image to keep keep everyone up with. So. Yeah. I'm the only one that I'm the only one knows what you look like, so that's that's great. Mm, think bear with a shaved face that you can shove into a suit, but not a fancy suit, like a pair of sweatpants. Like a bear suit. It. Like a bear suit. Like a bear in a bear suit. Like an Edgar suit. <laughs> Edgar suit. Like, give me some sugar. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's where they got that from Army of Darkness. Give yeah, they stole that. Give me some sugar. Sugar. Baby. But he couldn't say it because he's like an alien bug guy. Uh, he had three good roles in his life. Vincent D'Onofrio? Yeah. I will say he had five good roles. You can't name five Vincent D'Onofrio roles. There was, that, there was the cop show, cop drama, where he solved them and he was smart. That's one of the roles he's mm-hmm. created. Criminal intent. There we go. He was the army guy in that one movie. That, he, he's, yep, Private yep. Pile. He's, that's, that's number two. No, that's Gomer Pile you're thinking no. of, and that was like a comedy or something. That is a different thing, but yes. No. Um, see here. So that was five, right? That was two. The third one being so I've Kingpin. Gone, I've gone past five? Kingpin, yep. yep. So yep. that was number... Yep. 
Oh, my brain is overloading as I think. Three. Just as many Stephen right. King books as there are. All right, so I've got three. And then he did that. No, Edgar, he did other things. He did the Edgar suit. Those are the three good movies. That's that, four, three good buddy. roles he had. That's not a great role. That is a fantastic role. What are you talking now, about? How often do you revisit Men in Black? Pretty frequently, actually. Oh, really? The well, kids the kids, it? yeah. Well, I guess not a lot, but I saw it not too long ago. I remember how angry you were at the movie theater on the opening night of that movie, that uh, Men in Black. And Tommy Lee Jones, his name came up, and people sat there, and then Will Smith came, and people started clapping in the audience. Yeah, Tommy there, Lee Jones. No one was at the theater, mind you, from who made the movie or was involved with the movie. But people Jones, were clapping. I like, I like Will Smith as much as anyone, except for Chris Rock. F- fugitive. Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, I know, but it was a weird, a weird hill you decided to plant He's your two-faced. flag on. But I, I said, huh. Will Smith, though. Remember, that was back when he would... Uh, he promised us he would make a rap about every yeah. movie he made. Oh, those were the days. I really am pissed we never got one for The Pursuit of Happiness. Mm-hmm. I wanted one for uh, Independence Day. Do you know what would have been a great one is uh, Emancipation or whatever. Where he's a slave that gets whipped the whole time, I think. <laughs> like, what's, what's that rap about? What about the After Earth? Oh, I want yeah. the rap for After Earth. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. There was no Independence Day rap. He was lying right from the start. You know what, though? That wasn't really his movie. That was more of a Bill Pullman joint. <laughs> He's my president. That's a Randy Quaid, Randy Quaid movie. You believe? Oh, no, that was Bill Pullman. I once stayed at a laundry. I was doing laundry at a laundromat, and that movie was on. And the place closed at midnight. But he was coming. It was on, like, a channel. I think it was a Judd Hirsch movie, if anything. Ooh, he was good. Oh, it's got the fly himself, it does Jeff, have Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. It has a great cast. But Very Connick Jr.'s in that movie. That's right, he was. Vivica, Vivica A. Fox. <laughs> Jinx again. <laughs> now, you be silent for the rest of this podcast. You really oh, want that? it's pee um, time. Another Coke. Oh, boy. I'm going to be drinking a lot Mary of Coke McDonald? today. McDonald? McDonald. Yeah. yeah. She was from... Scream 4? Dance with Wolves? No. Yeah, those are right. <laughs> no, wasn't she in the uh, Battlestar Galactica? Yes, but that's the ones I said were also right. No, they don't get it. No, that's not what she was in, though. It was it was Battlestar Galactica. Uh, yeah, was there was a lot of people in that movie. Uh, Data is in that movie. Data was in that movie. Not not, not from Goonies. No, not that Data. No. Goonies is terrible, by the way. Um, I know. God damn it! I had a point initially, and you have successfully sidetracked me far away from what. I think we can get at least three more people out of this movie. There's so many people in it. I don't even remember what movie we're talking about it's anymore. The, we're just naming actors I know. There's so many people in Independence Day. It's the Mars attacks of aliens attacking Earth. Mars attacks. I I, I remember that just kind of passed me by. I it's don't remember if it's good or bad. Terrible. Is it really? It's. Wasn't terrible. it based on a series of trading cards? Yes. Fantastic. And it has is exactly that much emotional complexity and depth. I, I believe that was another Jack Nicholson. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, Danny DeVito. Natalie Portman. I don't remember Danny DeVito. No. There were a lot of people in there. Oh, so I'm at the laundry. Jim Brown. There I was. There I was. At the laundromat. And I'm doing laundry. And it's coming up to that speech where Bill Pullman's got to rally the troops. And it's it's like right before midnight, 11.58, and a commercial comes on before the speech. I'm like, shit. And the guy who runs me is like, no, no, I'm staying too. I'm like, all right. And we sat and we watched the end of that movie. Well, just the speech. Then we left. My favorite moment in that movie is when uh, it shows people around the world and the British troops are there. And they said, it's the Americans. They say they have a way to bring them down. And the guy goes, it's about bloody time. And I'm like, that was their plan, was to wait for the Americans to figure it out. I I like that. I got to imagine that that new Top Gun movie that all of you keep telling me to go watch. Yeah. Has that level of go America? The rest of us, the rest of the world needs needs to be led. It, it does. We, oh. well, it's then. just it's just a really great action comedy adventure 
with some of the most amazing visuals and very very good it's not it's not really rah-rah as much as you'd think even though it was sponsored by the things you'd think i mean they always have to be infallible but it's not like it's putting somebody else down because it's not as blatant as uh independence day was where even in 96 i was like sitting there at 17 years old going hmm, that feels that feels wrong <laughs> that feels that feels targeted oh <laughs> uh, yes right. so that was stephen that king's was stephen top gun king. yeah stephen king top gun starring tom cruise and val kilmer val kilmer's in it batman himself val kilmer if there's multiple batman can you be batman himself it's the batmans yeah you know I, who's my favorite batman no, I don't know. Adam West. Nope. Mm, Eve North. Nope. Zelda Fitzgerald. Nope. Bobby Moynihan. Bobby Moynihan <laughs> from the comedy Bang Bang Podcast. Yep. He's a pretty solid Batman. He's my favorite Batman. Is he a Saturday Night Live guy too? Yep. Is that still he a thing? He's okay. not anymore. He's yeah, my favorite Batman. He's my favorite Batman. Yep. So that's a plug for comedy Bang Bang. Nope. Check it out. And Bobby Moynihan. We lost Kevin Conroy, but we have a new voice of Batman, oh, yeah. so we're all set. I didn't the kid from Eric from Boy Meets World isn't he a, a yeah, Superman so. or Batman voice actor? Yeah, think, yeah, okay. Will Friedel. That's we that that one you know. <laughs> that one I know. He watched a lot of Boy Meets World. When I want to say world, I want to say growing up, but I don't want to lie to you. World. No, it was no. Holy cow! I did watch a lot of Boy Meets World, <laughs> and I wasn't adult. I also went to go see The Princess Diaries, starring oh, Anne no. uh, Hathaway in the theater. I wasn't there for that one. No, I because uh, that was the thing they showed all summer long on Disney. In between, uh, in between my episodes of Boy Meets World, oh. was the trailers for that. So you watched it on rerun. That's the worst. Like I, at first, I was like, "Ah, that's a late '90s show." So he was already. You know, 17, 18, was watching it. But that's what it was on ABC. You're watching it on the, the the Disney Channel reruns in the early, in the mid to late 2000s. I think it was the late, <laughs> it might have been the late 90s, oh, early no. aughts. It was solid stuff. Oh, you know what? If the internet sleuths want to figure it out, you can track it back to whenever the Princess Diaries came out. That was when I was watching Boy Meets World. Princess Diaries is Anne Hathaway? Yeah. And that's all I remember about it. And she was a princess, and I'm guessing just from, this is just from context, she had a diary. Isn't uh, no, no. Who's the who's the? There is no one else in that movie. No, it has to have the older woman has to be somebody like Mary Poppins. Oh, it's or something. uh, I think it is. Is yeah. it Judy Dench? No, it's not Judy Dench. It's the. Like, I would kill to see Judy Dench as Mary Poppins. Who who is that? Julie Julian Andrews. Andrews. It is Julie yeah. Andrews. Yep, that's who it is. Yeah. Oh, we. That so, was Stephen King's, that was Stephen the, Princess King's the Princess Diaries. Oh, man, I wish we'd have come up with this bit an hour ago. The whole thing would have been just talking about random movies going, and that was Stephen King's whatever. That would have been great. We're definitely doing a part two of this when Salem's Lot comes out. Okay. Just just every movie. I like that. Well, it's true. Everybody forget that we talked about that being a bit because we're bringing it back. Yeah. You know, we, we can just never release this right here. You don't have to put it on everything we do on the internet. That's true. Right. Uh, I think I've asked you to stop putting some of the videos that we do on the internet. Well, one of these weeks, we will have Martha here, in theory, and we'll do Stephen King's Deadstream. <laughs> yep, we'll do Stephen King, and we'll have uh, our foreign correspondent chime in with whatever. Uh, oh, yeah, whatever. you have that, don't you? Oh, what do I have? How are we doing on time today? Uh, what am I supposed to do? 10.50. I don't even know what time. All right. Well, what I have for you is the our foreign correspondent's got some movies the Mandarin titles of the movies that were he then translates, translated back, yeah. translated back into English for you to guess. He, normally, we're going to try to get him in so he can deliver these and give his his review of foreign films. 
But right now I've got what he sent me just to, I guess, really bother me because we're a 12-hour difference. So I have two movies for you. Are you ready? The first movie is called... Oh my, everyone like this? Here we go. Playing, He's had it open the whole time. He's just trying to figure out how to read. It's tough. The words all line up and there's like numbers and stuff. All right. It's Playing With Lives Tin Cans. Oh. These are horror movies? This is not, this one is not horror. This is, uh, I'm going to give you, because I asked these questions from our foreign course. I can read you the whole thing. It is, it's not horror. This one is an action movie. It is a, it's a series of them. It's a popular one and it's, it's long. And he says he thinks the second uh, that there's another one coming out soon. Okay, playing with lives tin cans. Yes. So I want to think that that has something to do with phone calls. Okay. Because <laughs> that would be translated wrong. Playing with lives tin cans. Yeah. The other one I have for you is called Fly into the Future, an '80s classic starring the actor from Agon's biography. Agon is another movie. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, so, Fly into the Future, 80s classic. It's a comedy. Is the Fly into the Future one a horror movie? It is a comedy. Uh, fly into the Future. Yes. So, that's what you got. Play with Fate, Tin Cans, and Fly into the Future. Play with Lives, Tin Cans. What's that? Oh, yes. Boy, this is impossible. <laughs> it is. So, the uh, the actor in Al Gans' biography is Tom Hanks. Flying into the Future? Yes. Fly to the Future. Oh, boy. Al Gans, by the way. Big? It is big. Right. Big is fly to the future. Algon is old gump. That is the translation. <laughs> and are you ready for the answer to the um, playing with fates or lives? Playing with lives, tin can. Pop. Oh, boy. Okay, now I'm going to think about this logically. Logic. Bringing logic into our podcast means I'm going to guess, if it's a series of movies, that the tin cans is the post, uh, you know, it'd be like... Um, a title of the movie and then not a subtitle but like uh, Top Gun Maverick so that would be the Maverick part of Top Gun you know what I mean so like Playing With Lives could be the title of the franchise movie and then this could be the subtitle that it, that's like it's part two but mm. instead of part two it has a name this is Breaking Down Thought Processes yeah, is, by right? Pete and Brian well this is how I'm thinking of it so All Tin right, Cans is the like it'd be the, the after the actual main franchise title so I'm gonna say that it's Stephen King's Thin A <laughs> It is Stephen King's <laughs> The Fast and the Furious. Ah. <laughs> that is what it was. That that is the the guess you know what? the movie title game. Is it weird that makes complete sense to me? Does it? I it, didn't get that playing one. Playing with live tin cans. They're in their tin cans playing with live. Oh, it, I didn't get that at all. In fact, that should be the title of Fast Eleven. <laughs> playing with live tin cans. Well, <laughs> let me see. Uh, Kitty, I had the guess. I believe Kitty did too. Is back or. Back to the Future, yeah, for uh, that one, and then I said Die Hard, maybe James Bond, one of the James Bond movies for the Tin Cans, I think was Kitty's guess, but no, it was The Fast and The Furious, not the slow and the all right, the unperturbed, the is slow he, and the unperturbed. You, yeah, all right is the opposite of Furious. I was, <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, where's he going? I think that yeah, that makes sense too. We've done a lot of things that make sense. I'm not sure we accomplished anything. Mm, didn't make any dollars. I can tell you that. That'll be it for today. All right. Uh, Twitter, Scare Value. Facebook, Scare Value. Website, Scare Value. Podcast, Scare Value. 
And then there's the 4N correspondent, wherever he is hanging out. <laughs> we plug this. We never I even look it up to know if it's real. Well, that's that's part of the fun. I, I believe there's whole websites devoted to tracking down mysteries on the internet, and, and this is one of them. Is he real? Maybe. And if you listen to last week's episode, you know correspondent is spelled with three E's. Oh, yeah. It's Actually, like, four E's, because there's an E in the middle, too. Well, that's the way I spell it. Yeah. I, I recommend you use your spelling of your choice to see what you come back with. You know, email us in. Give me a call. Let me know. All right, <laughs> that's we're gonna just stop. Uh, one, two, three. buckle my shoe. <laughs>